Brothers and sisters, friends and comrades, this is the PRC Show. I am your host, Paul Cooley, and thank you for listening. On today's show, we're going to have a, a complete Idiotech's guide to Radiohead 0003, and uh, we're going to talk about OK Computer. How's everybody doing? It's 9 a.m. on a July morning. I have a big stretch of days off, five days off, then I work one day, then I have three more days off, and at the end of that three-day uh, little stretch, I'm going to see Radiohead. Before we get into the show, I'm going to play a song that I wrote uh, that is kind of Radiohead-ish, and um, it's symbolic of my life. It's me playing piano on my, I recorded on my smartphone, and then I brought it into the old computer, and I added some drums by just tapping on my guitar, about four or five drum tracks, but it's just me tapping on my guitar with my fingers. And I added a bass line. And you can hear my son interrupting me playing. And then you can hear his mother, my wife, my beautiful wife, saying, put that down. So the song is called Pollen for Us. And then we're going to get to the show. Hope you enjoy. This is a complete Idiotech's Guide to Radiohead, episode 0003. On this show, we'll be going track by track through all Radiohead's official albums, from Pablo Honey to A Moon-Shaped Pool, along with the history of the band, its impact on our lives, and much, much more extemporaneous oratory. Which leads me to my first question. Um, Is this really oratory? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I feel like we're going to do all these episodes, though, and I'm still not going to really understand what extemporaneous oratory even means. Because I was thinking maybe it's um, rambling, extemporaneous, uh, but rambling and oratory in extemporaneous are kind of the same thing. Uh, is it too late in the show to change the that intro part? No, I think it's... We'll table it I think it's discussion. probably a good idea. So I'm Paul, and along with Jake... Yes, Hi. Hi. And um, we're thrilled to be here. The first two episodes were wildly successful. Uh, Now we're going to talk about Radiohead's landmark album, OK Computer. But before we get to that, I want to go over a letter or two that we've got from the fans. The first letter is from Yarmouth, Maine, which is outside of uh, Portland, Maine. And this is from uh, Violet. She's uh, 61 years old. Mm-hmm. She says, great show, guys. I especially like Jake's voice and his personality. Paul, is everything okay with you? I've been an avid listener for years, and you seem to be not well. You don't sound good. But I do like the show, and I'm looking forward to more Radiohead uh, episodes. Keep up the good work, guys. Well, that's really nice of her. Yeah. Yeah. Any other letters? Uh, no, but I did see on Tumblr uh, that we, we are being shipped. Do you know what that is? No, what does that mean, shipped? Uh, that's pretty much uh, fictional characters on TV shows whenever people kind of get behind a relationship that they make up for them. And I, apparently people are doing that. Not not with me and you. Wait, I don't... 
with me and Tom York. I don't know what that means. Um, People are making up a relationship in their mind that they kind of hope and want. You you following? Okay, so like they would, so it's they're they're wanting to be in a relationship with, say, me. No, no, they want a relationship between two other people, and they just want it to be a thing so bad. So, do they want me and you to be in a relationship? Because we kind of are in a relationship. We're co-host of the show. No, no, no. It's that's the thing. It's not us. It's it's me and Tom York. Oh, they're trying to. So they're trying to will you and Tom York. Yeah, basically. And uh, you know, there's this whole backstory. I can't get too far into it because, uh, frankly, it makes me a little sick. But yeah, I mean, well, I think after listening to this episode, you're not going to want to be in a relationship with Tom York because he can be a little bit of a sourpuss. I think I'm gonna want to be in a relationship. I don't know. Actually. He's a little bit of a crank. All right. Well, okay. We'll see. So. When we left off, we went over the Benz, and we both kind of liked that album. You liked it better than Pablo Honey, right? Uh, yeah, it was okay. It was okay. okay. So, this album comes out in 1997, and... Independence Day. No. Yeah. In the U.S., it came out on July 1st, but in uh, Britain... Well... June 16th. Independence Day came out in 97. Oh, that film Independence Day. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I have an embarrassing tidbit about that. I saw it in the theater two or three times within the same, like, two weeks. There's nothing wrong with that. That's I, a good It's a good movie. I right? was like, this is the best movie ever. It is so fun. It is so great. Have your opinions changed? Yes. I mean, would you still go see it in the theater? You know what? They haven't changed that much because it's still a good movie, but it's not... It's not uh, Spinal Tap. <laughs> okay. Um, so, did you like Independence Day? Oh, I loved it. I didn't see the new one, though. It's where Jeff Goldblum really shines. A couple years he, after. I think he shines in anything. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Pittsburgh? Let's promote that movie right now. There is a Jeff Goldblum... Ugh. There's a Jeff Goldblum... How do you say his name? You got this. Jeff... Goldblum movie called Pittsburgh. It is a mockumentary. It's half fake and half real. You know he's from here. He's from here. He comes and does the play The Music Man, which he really does perform. And it's about him and his girlfriend and coming to Pittsburgh, coming back to his hometown to perform this play. And I think Ravenstahl gives him the key to the city. Yeah, but it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, it's it's it shows Pittsburgh a lot. That's recent. Probably 2011 or 2007, uh-huh. something like that. Yeah. Have you, you, have, you have never seen it. You should watch it. Okay. So, uh, OK Computer came out in 1997. This is such a big album. So important. The United States National Record Preservation Board selected the album for preservation in the National Recording Registry of the Library of Congress. Kind of crazy. A British, you know, this, and this is an important album. It designated designates it as a sound recording that has a significant cultural, historical, and aesthetic impact in American life. Okay. Uh, In a poll serving thousands conduct... Now, here's the flip side. (laughs) The Uh. BBC Radio 6 music, OK Computer, was named the sixth most overrated album in the world. Okay. (laughs) So the U.S. is like, best album ever. BBC folks are like, you know what? This is overrated. Yeah. Um, it was nominated for Grammy of the Award, lost to Bob Dylan's Al- Time Out of Mind. That's a good one. But it won Best Alternative Music Album in uh, 1998. So is this a great album or is this, uh, you know, overrated? Um, you going to hold judgment a little later? Well. I'm going to say it's a great album. I think it's a great album. I th- it's, it's hard for me to say that it's overrated because whenever it came out in 97, I mean, I was, and, and you were too, I mean, a lot more into Independence Day. Yeah, so, the judgment there skews things. Yeah. 97 is like, what, Biggie Smalls and P- Piff Puff Daddy. And Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. I think you also have Grunge is Getting Bad. I think. Stain, Godsmack. I'm kind of thinking Tupac and Biggie were actually dead before 97. Yeah. Um, the, the music, I, I don't remember this. What, do you remember this coming out? This no, I was uh, in fifth grade, I think. Um, top songs. Top songs of nineteen ninety seven were 
Elton John, Candle in the Wind. Oh my God, this must have been a heavy heart for uh, for the uh, Candle in the Wind. Remember the princess, princess, princess Diana, Princess Leia. No. Um, so oh my God, listen to these songs, guys. Foolish Games, Jewel. Ugh. I'll be missing you by Puff Daddy. Yeah. Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. See, they were dead. I can't. I believe I can fly by R. Kelly. Don't Let Go by En Vogue. Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. Who's he? It's Leanne Rhymes. How do I live? Spice Girls. Wannabe. Oh yeah. Backstreet Boys. You got Hanson, Monique. Or no, what is that? Usher, Monica, Keith Sweat, Third Eye Blind, Notorious B.I.G., The Verve Pipe, Savage Garden, Backstreet, Ugh. Rome, Notorious B.I.G. These are all the hits. So Radiohead's not in there. I get it. I don't know if Cheryl Crow. Everybody. Every day's a winding road. Here's the thing, Paul. These are all good songs. All right. Yeah. Okay. And what do you mean? Are they good songs? No, they're not. I mean, whatever. Okay, so this is a big one. It's kind of considered a masterpiece. And to me, I think, and critics, I think, would agree, Radiohead fans, this is a bridge between Radiohead's old style of rock alternative to their new direction. It's getting a little weirder, more experimental, but still accessible, still a little poppy, um, still rock, right? Yeah. Um you know, it kind of prepares you for some of the new stuff and like the really new stuff, King of Limbs and Moonshape Pool are really, there's no Rocky or uh, popness in those at all. I mean, we'll we'll get to that later. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there. I, you know, this is, uh, well, we'll go on. Okay. So, but before we go track by track, let's get a little bit of history of what's been going on. So they do the bends. They're odd on tour. Um, and now some people consider the Benz a masterpiece. Is that a masterpiece? I mean, I wouldn't go that far, yeah. but it's definitely a lot better than the first one. So they're touring a lot. They're getting agitated with each other. Um, there was one point uh, th they get kind of tired of touring in America because it's a bunch of... Hillbillies. America. Well, I, no, here's here's the thing. So like, they're touring and they're the, the American fans are moshing and it kind of annoys... <laughs> It annoys York where he's like getting upset that I don't know if it's like they're moshing during inappropriate times, but he literally says, stop effing moshing. I don't I can't see one part of this music where. Well, for the bends. Yeah, but I I don't know. Yeah. And uh, and well, so it's also, yeah, like Americans are like, let's just mosh for mosh sake. You know, got to get that anger out. And, and, you know, and Ed is like, it seems like, it's the like the people. Purge who are moshing are those people from college who you detested the jocks and uh are you were you into moshing i have i have, mo moshed. I have moshed yeah, yeah. <laughs> i have moshed here's the bands i've moshed to sepatora machine head soulfly fear factory even this band called spine shank you ever hear them yeah they don't, uh, time doesn't do them well. No. Uh, not a lot of the music you're, you're really talking Deftones, about. Deftones, typo negative. I Ugh. once saw Modest Mouse play. It was a pretty good show. The highlight was Band of Horses opening up on their second album. So it was awesome. And Isaac Brock, the lead singer, stopped the show because people kept coming up on stage and jumping out and crowd surfing. Oh, man. I remember doing that. And I was so glad because they were they were literally just lining up right in front of the band. They're playing and they're some of their music's I don't want to say operatic, but I just did. It's bigger, you know, there's a lot of stuff to it. And and it's like, what are they doing? They're ruining this the stuff. And he said, uh, we can stop the show and you guys can just come up here and jump up the stage. <laughs> he scolded them. He scolded them and he was like, it kind of yeah. soured the mood a little bit. Not the first time I've been to yeah, a show. How, where how do you come back to that? Like, how do you come back after that? They stopped, but that's not the first time I've been to a show where like the lead singer stopped the show and like did something where... I had a little yeah, tantrum. I saw Nico Case do something like that once and then told somebody to leave. <laughs> um, but if you... What? So there were only eight people left at that Oh concert. God, no. Nico Case is great. Uh so, yeah, I can see the reason for stopping the moshing. So, anyways, they, they're touring with R.E.M., who they really respect. Um, they see how chill and regular dudes they are. They also see R.E.M. just playing, like, new songs out on tour, like, which is kind of ballsy to do. You know, people aren't going to know them. You could get some booze from the crowd, but R.E.M. is just doing it. Um, he strikes, and York becomes friends with uh, Michael Stipe. And at this time, maybe it's, like, right, maybe a little bit, right before this but michael stipe's a pretty respected rock star particularly in the rock community um 
He's a really cool dude, by the way. Michael Stipe? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, he had this whole thing where people thought he was dying of AIDS because he was so skinny and he like shaved and his head. hairless. Yeah, and he handled it with such grace because he didn't say he didn't have it. He de- he doesn't have AIDS, but he didn't say he didn't have it. So he just was like, "This is ridiculous." Um, I don't know how he's like. He's he didn't confirm he was gay or denied or and he didn't say he didn't have AIDS. So it was kind of respectful for people that do have AIDS that you know. Yeah, he kept them guessing. Yeah. Um. Okay, so they're recording. They go into. Is he, does, he doesn't have AIDS. Is it's he gay? Not, it's not our opinion. Okay. It's not our. I mean, it's not our. Uh, it's none of our business. Yeah. This is about radio. Yeah, we're talking about Radiohead here. I think. Um. Are we? Okay, so they're not having a good time on this tour. It starts to get a little bit upsetting. Johnny goes into the hospital in Cleveland. Tom's getting an ear infection. Tom collapses on stage. But they're starting to get recognition. They're getting uh, they're getting a lot of uh, critical acclaim. You know, as I said, the OK Computer gets a lot of uh, accolades from the press, and they get these awards. Um, so now they're going to go in. They take time off. They're going to go in and record OK Computer. They have no time frame on when they're going to do this. They have this rehearsal space called Canned Applause, and they figure, you know, we're just going to record it ourselves. They have, um, they've done a lot of B-sides by themselves, like, we can do this. But they still use one of the people that did the other albums, Nigel Goodrinch, which he essentially has been part of all their albums, and he's like a sixth member of the band. He uh, helps co-produce it with them. He also produces uh, Tom's solo album. Have you ever heard of, heard of his solo stuff? No. Nope. He has one album that's pretty good. Well, maybe we'll get to that. So all the members are having input into this as opposed to having the producer it starts to become a problem because they're like too democratic and they all have creative ideas. And as Tom says, we operate like the UN. You can get a veto, but I'm definitely America. What? Well, like the UN is, you know, this group of, you know what the UN is, Jake? I've heard of it, yeah. Okay. It's a building with a lot of flags outside. Yeah, it's like yeah. the United Nations, but who has the biggest votes? Like Russia. Who has veto power? There's five countries. Oh, oh my oh. God, we're not going to get the So there's, there's some veto power. It's Russia, U.S., China maybe? I forget. Britain? I don't know. It's a whole thing about the Cold War. Shame on us for not knowing this. Anyways, I guess yeah. Ed said Tom has the loudest voice in the room, but well, you know what? He should. He's, he's the one the writing. Singer. He's the guy writing most of the music. He's you know? the one who needs the voice. But they're having a hard time at Canned Applause because there's no bathroom, there's no place to eat, and they're all going home after the after the show or after uh, recording. So they're not really kind of the pressure's not on. Then they go back out on tour again. They're touring with uh, like in the middle of recording. Uh, doing some more shows in the u.s with alanis morissette whoa yeah you big fan the biggest i think yeah really i mean she had that one big album uh what was that i don't don't know jagged little pill Uh um she was a huge fan of radiohead she'd wear radiohead t-shirts during um her set and she would even cover probably because her catalog was so small and not many good songs she would cover creep and fake plastic trees as encores um I love this quote from Ed. Her music is pretty terrible, <laughs> but she's a lovely person. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey. Okay. So, anyways, uh, do you know who uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman is? Yeah, she's the uh, pioneer lady doctor. Okay. So, oh my God, this is going to be so great. So, sh- they say we need a change of scenery. So we're going to go to a new place to record our album, and it's called... Oh, did I not write it down? Um, it's like this giant mansion castle in England. St. Catherine's, whatever. And it's owned by oh, St. Catherine's Court, a 15th century mansion in a secluded valley near Bath. I don't know where Bath is. Owned by the actress Jane Seymour. She was in Wedding Crashers. She was um, in Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. And uh, who knows if she if she inspired any um, songs. But I do want to show you. Oh, my God. This is so great. Hold on. What do you think of uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? Did, like, did you watch it or? No, I didn't. Uh... Okay, I'm going to play you the intro to the show, and I want you to narrate what you see going on. All right, so opens up. we got a train. 
coal powered, obviously. A lady in Jane's a caravan. Yeah. Going a circle wagon. Dr. Quinn, MD, on the door. Somebody dying, maybe. Lots of cowboy hats. Were women allowed to be doctors? That's part of the thing, buddy. Yeah. Horses, Native Americans. Looks like she's getting herself okay. involved in a lot of stuff. What did you see right there? That's to. the part where I thought was a great scene. Did a guy you... throwing a tomahawk? A guy <laughs> throwing an axe with lush, big brown hair, kind of handsome. Kinda. Yeah, he's pretty hot. <laughs> this scene right here. Okay, guys, you, you got to do yourself a service and watch this intro to Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. There's then a scene of two people jumping to their death. Off a cliff. Yeah, but I guess they're probably jumping in. Like I just... A... I don't think you even need to watch the show. I think this basically gives you everything you need. Yeah. Hugging. There's just, you know, this going through the actors. Um, man on horseback. Wow. A hug with the man, the hunk. He's a hunk. He's yeah. like a Fabio. There's a little boy that's smiling. Um, there she's clearly getting married, probably the end of the season. To, the, uh, then flowers. Man dressed like an Indian. No, I'm sorry. Not an Indian. Native Indigenous American. person. Yeah. Now, when I see the clip to that, I think this must be quite possibly the worst show of all time. Yeah. Then I think, how did this woman that was on the worst show of all time afford a, like a castle? And why is Radiohead playing in her house? Well, it was, it was popular. It, it was around for a while, I, th I think. It was around for a while. And one of the things I remember is my dad and... I think my dad liked it for certain reasons now that I'm starting to realize, but the hunk <laughs> Jane Seymour. And then, um, my sister used to watch it too, but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna poo poo on Dr. Quinn. It looks like a dumb show. It was, it, it's, it's set in like 1887. Um, I have to just get this out because I find this whole premise crazy. You actually researched this. I did. I did. Listen, <laughs> she plays a wealthy female physician from Boston, Massachusetts. After her father's death, she sets out west to the small um, town of Colorado Springs to set up a practice. Okay, mm. this is preposterous. This A woman is yeah. doing this. In, okay. How dare she? Slavery just became illegal like two years before. Yeah. Okay. She, she couldn't vote. She couldn't even vote. Yeah, no. no, but she's going to set up a doctor. Okay. She makes the difficult adjustment to life in Colorado with the aid of a rugged outdoorsman. That was him. And, yeah. That's and the, 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 the hunt, the, you know, and the friend of a Cheyenne Native American. And then this other midwife. So after uh, the midwife, Charlotte, is bitten by a rattlesnake, she asks Michaela on her deathbed to look after her three children. I guess she's Michaela. Yeah. Um, so then she father, she mothers these um three kids and so the show's known for its you know high concept storytelling it's has semi <laughs> is that it high concept yeah and then it would deal with like issues of race and gender for example for example one episode dealt with homophobia taking uh what? the the famous poet walt whitman <laughs> came on and religious sometimes played a, a view but i don't know it just sounds like uh i would like to watch the walt whitman episode maybe we should do a whole episode on that let's Convert this from a Radiohead podcast to a Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman this, podcast. We're really stealing from another format if we do that. So anyways, they're, they're playing in this weird, giant uh, house that's owned by Jane Seymour. I don't know how, where she was at at the time. Like, Tom, get out of my bedroom, please. I'm, you know, I need the acoustics of this room. So Tom says, I spent my whole time terrified because it was 15th century and you were just continually reminded of your own mortality there was a church attached to it with ancient gravestones it was badly haunted johnny says that on one of the beds there was a carving of 1612 he goes think of how many babies had been born and how many people had died in that room or had sex kind of weird yeah so the recording starts to go better when they get here they actually use the ballroom and has like the open they don't have to use even reverb because there's so much like open space. But the record company's like, what are these guys making? We don't like some of these songs. Um, and they they scale down the songs, the, the expectations from two million to five hundred thousand. They want the comp they want um, Radiohead to uh, play put Lift on as one of their hits. And Radiohead's like, no, nah, we'll make that a B side. We're not we're not doing that. Um, Good. And hold on one Finally. second. We're going to go track by track here in a minute. 
All right, so one of the inspirations for this album was Bitches Brew by Miles Davis, which I just listened to for the first time recently. Um, you're familiar with it? Yep, like it. Uh, it's like a jazz rock album, but I mean, to say rock is not really accurate based on the concept of what most people think rock is, right? Yeah. There's also a, a pretty good beer. Oh, yeah. Is it like a Belgian? Yeah. Yeah, I had that, and I've also had the Thelonious Monk uh, Belgian, which are both good. Dog, dogfish head. How would you describe Bitches Brew? The beer or the album? Both. Relaxing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not avant-garde-ish, like where pianos are falling down the steps type of jazz, but it's almost like that, uh, right? I mean, like that's it's like uh, pianos falling down the steps. Like you ever listen to Cecil Taylor? No. Oh, okay. We'll play that at some point. Um, that sounds like a piano is just being thrown down the steps, and it's actually a man banging on it. That sounds cool. It gets a little bit intense. Yeah. Um, so, okay, let's go through track by track here. Okay, computer. And the first song is called Airbag. Hold on a second. Let's see if this works. Oh, no. That's not working. Okay, that's obviously not airbag. We have a little bit of a technical snafu. Time to take a good break. So the music you hear in the background is a song called Three Bass Beat. I did a long time ago. Anyways, we're going to take a musical break by uh, a woman named Gillian Welch. Welsh? Welch? I think it's Welch. She did a cover version of the song Black Star, and it is ex exceptional. Um, as you may remember from... Episode 0002, um, I really like the song Black Star on the Benz, and this is a cover of that song, kind of a folk Americana country bluegrass version. So you're going to love it. You are going to love it. And then we'll get back to um, reviewing OK, Com uh, yeah, OK Computer track by track.
All right, what do we think of this? I think it's, I think it's great. You didn't, you didn't play the very, very, very beginning of it. But it's like a jarring noise whenever it first starts. Wait, is it? Let's do it again. Yeah. Oh wait. Well, yeah, because it's like it's just that guitar, it's just like that one guitar note that like kind of comes in, and uh, what what I like about does it sound that much different to than Pablo Honey? Yes, it's it's completely different to me. I mean, well, the bass line and the drums are like all over the place, but still orderly. Like you hear the the bass sounds like he's just I'll play a note here and now I'll play a note. Yeah, but it makes sense. But it, but it still has a uh, a rhythm to it, and I love the the guitar. I usually don't like three guitar players because they're just doing the same thing. But there's all kinds of different layers of the guitar work that's pretty cool, which I think is great. But I think perfect introduction to this album. Big big fan of that song, and maybe we'll play it when we see them. Um, doo -doo -doo. Okay, the next one is amazing song. Yeah, let's listen to this. Some consider this like the um, Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm surprised you like this song. Why? Because I thought it would be a little too wimpy for you based on like all the other light songs that you like. You were so critical of like, ugh, I'm bored. Yeah, I don't... I mean, there's three parts of this song. So there's the beginning, there's this chord arpeggio thing going on, and then it gets uh, slow, kind of, and it's like a drone, and then it kind of kicks, at the end, it gets real fast again. Yeah. This With is wild, probably, wild, wild guitar playing. This is probably, I mean, I've heard this album before. This is the first time yeah. uh, for this podcast, but this, I, I remember this song, I've liked it for a while. Yeah. yeah, and his, I love the lyrics over top, um, the, the singing great great song i mean this is this is i feel like we're talking about joshua tree or uh i mean every song on this album is good sorry for the most part okay this was a song that i initially didn't like when i first heard this album years ago but i love it this is subterranean homesick alien is there a meaning behind that because i don't so, you hear like the alien sound guitar, right? Yeah. But there's a Bob Dylan song called Subterranean Homesick Blues. Yeah. Okay, what did it say? So like Johnny says, they used to do this song acoustically, um, but then once they put like the electric guitar and like the hallucinogenic tremolo on it, um, kind of made it more spacey sounding and like an interstellar atmosphere. Uh, I mean, the whole Radiohead album okay computer is based on that we're computers right and that like <laughs> that uh it's okay to be a computer is that is, I, is that what you take from it uh no i mean i i don't have much this part's great i just think it sounds neat you in the library of congress yeah. so tom says it's not really about computers it was just the noise that was going on in my head for most of the year and half of traveling and computers and televisions and just all absorbing. So I think this is actually a theme of most of their stuff, but the theme of alienation, you know, being uh, the consumerism or being anti-consumerism. And uh, this is definitely comes across on, okay, exit music, not this one, but the fitter happier. Um, okay, this one's a real slow burn type of deal. Exit music. I don't hate it. For a film. So we're like, what? Four for. F wait, what did you think of. Wait, hold on. We didn't get your view, I'm sorry, on uh, Subterranean Homesick. Like it. 
You liked it? Yeah. Okay, me I'm too. four for four. Okay. Yeah. yeah, this is a good one, I think. And I think a perfect sequencing. They, you know, this is nice placement. And then the end of this song, while well, it really builds up and there's a lot of noise. Now, I think this was filmed or this was uh, recorded like no no reverb, just like in Jane Seymour's big house. In her ghost bed. Yeah, ghost bed. This is at the end of the Romeo and Juliet um, movie that was with uh, oh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. But it wasn't on the soundtrack for some reason. Huh. Yeah, I like this one. Okay, next one. Let Down. This is like a terrible song. No way. Uh, yeah. No, this is one of their best. No. No. You get bored with it? I'm a little bored with it. I mean, this is definitely... Uh, my, my biggest takeaway from this album is... It's definitely head, headphone music. Like, it's hard to have it over speakers while you're yeah. doing something else. You actually have to... I feel like this song was like an anthem song. This could be like a... I could see this song being played in an arena. It's like sing-songy. Um, and it, you know, it's, uh, it's moving. Um, I don't know. We'll see if they play this one live, but it has a, a little bit of a weird timing. Um, okay. Let's do the next one. I like when he says chemical reaction to it, just like all fans do. All right. This is the biggest hit off their, off the album and maybe their career. We have to talk about Karma Police. They have a cool video. Hitler hairdo. What? What? Hitler hairdo. Oh, my God. I don't... That's one of the lines. Did you even listen to this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've heard this song... Yeah, dozens of times. Yeah. Kind of a simpler song. Um... I've heard this is like a more of a Beatles type, just piano, guitar, but then it gets a little loud and, you know, there's some different time stuff going on at the end. Uh, but this is definitely one of their biggest hits. Now listen to this line. Her, her Hitler hairdo is making me feel ill. Wow, that's... Anytime I see a woman with a Hitler hairdo, I always think of that. You know, like the short, but then on the sides, like the fascist cut. Yeah. Which, you know what? Maybe that's a good cut. I don't know. No, it isn't. Why not? For women or for men, or just in general? I think just in general. I, well, you know, it, it, it might have been at one point, but Hitler kind of ruined it. He Hitler ruined, ruined... The only thing he... Well, he ruined a lot of things. Mustache. You can't do that mustache. No. Which... Who wanted to do that in the first place I don't ever? think... And the thing that people don't understand about that mustache is... It wasn't an... I don't think it was an aesthetic choice by him. He just couldn't grow a real mustache. Are you serious? I don't, I don't think he was a healthy guy. You know, his skin was like... Do you think he could grow a beard? Uh, I mean... I I'm taking a guess here, but I just don't think he could grow a true mustache. But his charisma was so strong that people were like, yeah, that's cool. Let's grow our mustache you, like him. Do you think he actually ejaculated whenever he was doing speeches? Did you ever hear that? No, but I believe that's possible. Really? He's I mean, a vegetarian, too. You know, that's weird. Makes that like a bad thing. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to go vegetarian, people are going to be like, oh, you're trying to be like Just Hitler? Like Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be that. Why are you growing that mustache? Yeah. Well, I don't have a Hitler one. No. But I think the hairdo, I think it's okay to have that kind of hairstyle. I don't. Well, that's where we differ. And that's what this show's all about. Next one, Fitter Happier. Oh, yeah. 
like it. Yeah, not featuring Stephen Hawking. Okay. We're not going to listen to this. Yeah, so I actually played this on my last episode of the PRC show against exercise. Um, but my, fr my brother-in-law... <laughs> in 100% seriousness was like it's kind of crazy how they got Stephen Hawking to do that <laughs> and I was like you're funny like I thought it was so funny how he said that and he's like no they really got him and I was like no they didn't no that's generic no it's, it's, voice. It's, it's actually a um a Macintosh it's a certain Macintosh computer and when he read it oh my god here comes a monster coming up here. my son's interrupting the podcast Paul just be be careful there, buddy. Anyways, um, <laughs> he thought that uh, he thought that Stephen Hawking's did it, and uh, no, he didn't. No, what was it saying? So he wrote Hitler. these. No, so Tom York wrote these lyrics, and he thought they were just like a mesh of words that he thought sounded depressing about how like I guess sterile society is and he didn't want to sing them he didn't want to put them to a song so he said I'll just put like a monotone robot voice to it and put some eerie music behind it and when he was finished he said um uh, yeah Okay, the forger bees are over there, but please, we're doing a podcast here. Um, he said that this was one of his happiest recordings that he did. He felt very happy. he didn't happy. actually have to work and do anything. I anyway. guess, yeah, I don't know. He was very happy with it. Um, it was the most upsetting thing I ever wrote, actually, but it was, like, satisfying. I find that hard to believe. Yeah. Okay, now we're getting into... Oh, electioneering. Before we get into electioneering, um, I want to say, Paul, can you stop banging, please? Because we're trying to record a show. Okay. Anyways. Parenting 101. Yeah. Do you think people can hear that on the episode? They heard that. <laughs> they heard the beach ball getting hit. Um, so right now I think the album's pretty great. Also, I think this Fitter Happier is a good little break. What they call a palate cleanser. Palate cleanser. You know? The, you know, not really a musical part, just a little yeah. little speech thing. The saltine. Then of the, the album. second half, I think this is a great electioneering, one of the better songs. I mean, they're all good, but let's play this. That sounds like a big part of the song. Yeah, this is a this is a fun song. Yo, yeah, for sure. political song called electioneering um the metaphor of uh politicians i guess and there's that lyric i go forward you go backwards somewhere we will meet reflects both political and artistic compromise i guess i like how it has this dirty garage sound to it and yeah the record company i don't think like that <laughs> no i they wanted to be a little bit more polished and they thought it was a little too abrasive particularly that sound no i think it's cool i i think there's a lot of music out today that is influenced by this by this particular song I, uh, yeah what is also great about this song is you have the kind of like lush softer stuff the kind of the songs before that and then this is just a nice rocking one of their heavier songs they've ever recorded uh, almost Pablo Honey sounding ish but still fits within this album I think and then I mean the guitar playing gets really wild at the end um, speaking of their singles they had five on this the first one was paranoid android karma police number two lucky then no surprises and airbag was their last um 
the last one. So, fan of electioneering, obviously. Okay, climbing up the walls. Definitely, we're getting into a little weirder. Listen to this. Okay, that's my son. Do Paul, can you stop that for one second? I just want them to hear the drums here. Listen. Thoughts on this song? I'm like, we're gonna talk over it, but. His drums have it like that metal trash barrel sound. They played with the EQ on this. Yeah. It sounds like it's like off in the distance. Mm hmm. And uh, York is fully committed to the falsetto singing on this one, like all the way through, I think. Which is fine. Is that how he sounds whenever he talks? Um, I can't imagine him with any other voice than like a, a high falsetto. No, I've seen him in interviews. He talks normal. So, I like what's going on with this song, the recording. I'm not a huge fan of this song, though. It's Thoughts? It's okay. I mean, it's, it's a little slow. It's kind of losing me after that last song. It's not that I don't uh, like it. Uh, there's a little melody and stuff, but it's just... And I, I do like the experimentation that sounds. I can appreciate that. Okay. But one of the weaker ones, I think. Next song is... God's... Paul! Paul, hold on for one second, for God's sake. <laughs> Paul's currently uh, mining some styrofoam, it looks like. Yeah, that's Paul, my son, in the background. So this song's called No Surprises, and it has that, um, they were going for a Beach Boy sound, apparently. Okay. Music box quality. Yeah. Similar to Pet Sounds. And I think when they originally recorded this, they recorded it faster, and it had more of a Beach Boy song sound to it, and then they slowed it down big time, and then it has a little bit more of an eerie sound. I'm a fan of this one. I think this is pretty good. Yeah, that's actually, it's like, uh, it's like Nightmare Beach Boys. Yeah, good, yeah, that's a good explanation. Uh, I think this is a pretty... <laughs> yeah. I wonder it's... how annoying this is going to be for the fans to hear, or is it just annoying for us? Um, I think it's going to be across the board pretty annoying. Um, I think it's a shame that you're going to have to clean this up at some point. What's that? Oh, uh, styrofoam. Oh, I don't care about that. Okay, next song, Lucky. This is a song they recorded during Pablo Honey. Uh, they're originally going to, I think, put this as a B-side. And it's pretty simple, I think, right? Mm. Well, this is a big intro. What's going on here? Yeah, big intro. It's a one-taker. Really? Mm -hmm. They nailed it. They did a bunch of takes, but the first one was the best. Oh, there was a Bukowski quote in here that I forgot. Remember Charles Bukowski? We talked about him once in our life. Yeah. What's your philosophy on life, Charles Bukowski said? Don't try. And that's right. You can't try. If you try, you're effed. Because then you're like everybody else. Oh, he's the man. So I think the whole idea of, of like why they like that is like just do it. If you're for, you're forcing it. I think this is a good song for like at the end of a party. Everyone's hanging around, doing just drugs, just hanging wasted. Out. Yeah, wasted. Like yeah, Radiohead's cool, man. All right. So that's, and then that's what they call the penultimate, right? The penultimate song? Or is that only for, like, chapter? I don't know. Do you know what penultimate means? Oh, my I don't God, know. Jake. Look, we're doing it. This, well, this is an episode of Teaching Jake Words, penultimate. Oh, at least it's done. Okay. Albatross. 
albatross around my neck here. Then the last one is Tourist. Albatross. I consider the Tourist the worst song on the album. I'll agree with you. Slow. I thought it would have been good. They could have left it off, in my opinion. I mean, it's okay, but uh, I really like Lucky. And this is a little bit of a harbinger. <laughs> Paul has a thesaurus open. <laughs> I don't. This is a harbinger of things to come with Radiohead that I'm going to have a bone to pick. Okay. And my son is now destroying things in the attic here. So we're going to have to wrap this up very shortly. But this is slow. It just drones on. It's okay. I want to get to one more point, then we'll finish this up. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm... I think it's okay to... Uh, you can like a song for what's going on with the instrumentation, the sound, but not like the song itself. Like the melody, the structure. So you... Uh, what you're talking about is more appreciating. Yes. Okay. Bing, yes. So, like... Um, I would say that with climbing up walls, with the drum, the drum, the tin can thing, I'd say I appreciate that song more than I actually like it. And this kind of maybe the same thing. No, I, I like that climbing up the walls song. This, this is this is one of those songs where, I kind of just forget that I'm listening to it and I zone out. Easy to do too. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it is the last song on the album, so I think it's good to have, uh, a slower song. That's it. We're done already. Yeah. Wow. That was quick. Yeah. And uh, any thoughts on OK Computer? Amazing. And Amazing. I, I'm being 100% sincere. Um, I think it's such a good album. Yeah, I think there's really only two songs that aren't, for me, that aren't even, uh, they're not even bad. They're just like weak spots. If they were on another album, I might even like them more. Right. It's, they're bad for this album. You know what? We're not going to be done because I want to listen to two more. I want to do... I'm going to speed through this. These are the B-sides, but you'll hear how they're not really... So this is I Promise. So they released this, uh, a bunch of B-sides, 20 years later for like the, whatever, anniversary of OK Computer. First song is I Promise. It's okay. Doesn't. Let's skip through here. The begin, the first song off the B sides, and then it's okay. But the song that's really good is. Oh, Man of War. They have a they have a really cool video for this. You should check out. Okay. This is a pretty good song. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fast forward here. What I think is really cool about this whole album is, like, it doesn't sound like something that came out in 97. It doesn't sound like anything that you listed. Uh, this song right here, Man of War, this B-side, sounds like it came out today. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. The whole album does. It doesn't yeah. sound like Jewel or Puff Daddy. Yeah. And definitely um, Pablo Honey sounds like it came out in 90, whatever that was. Yeah, that Four, five, did not three. age well. Yeah. This... So Man of War. This age. Okay, this is Great. Lift. This is probably the best song. This is one the record companies wanted to be the single. And they left this off the album. Mm-hmm. Paul! Shh. Just for like three seconds. Or eight minutes. Yeah, listen to this. This has a little more traditional... Course is pretty cool here. You'll hear. I'm glad this didn't make the cut. No, no, you'll like it. You'll like it. Here we go. Sounds like a sunnier, happier, you know, simple song. It I like just it. Doesn't, it just doesn't. Fit. I don't think it fits. Yeah, and the video is pretty cool. It's him in an elevator. Do you know what they call elevators over in uh, the UK? Lift. 
Yeah. A lift. Yeah. I like that better. Yeah. I mean, it's you should check out the video because it's a little mind bending at the end. A little they do a little trick with uh, things. Then you have lol. This sounds like it could go on there. Like laugh out loud? Is that lol? Huh? What do you say? No, l u l l. Oh, lol. Lol. Yeah. I don't think there's weirds in this one. Is this? Yeah, this is okay. Then we have meeting in the aisle. One of these is an electronic song. Let me skip. Yeah. That's all this is for like three minutes. It's like a little bit. Which I thought this would have been a good palate cleanser, but they already have the uh, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking song. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It was that's cool. cool background music. Then they have this one. This is like. This is called Melatonin. Yeah, it's okay. It's doing the same. A Remainder. This was a song that they recorded a while back before OK, okay Computer. It's a B-side. Let me see how this one goes. What is that? Looks good. <laughs> oh, I think I like this one. Okay, then they have... God, how many are there? A lot. Yeah, two more. This is polythene parts. Then they have pearly. Yeah, I remember liking pearly. Would not fit though on. OK Computer, right? No, no. I mean, I get why a lot of these were left off. They just... This sounds like 90s rock, you know? Yeah. Palo Alto. Sounds like the Dandy Warhols. You ever hear them? I remember them. I can't really... Yeah. I can't really... Remember and sung. Say that again. Yeah, a little more, please. Yeah. Paul was, uh, my son was putting a marker on a styrofoam thing, and I think it, I think it needs more marker on there. Definitely. There's not enough marker, Paul. This song's called How I Met My Millions. His wife is doing the dishes in the background. He recorded this with his iPhone that didn't exist at the time, and uh, it's just one take with him and his piano. Like, I kind of think it's cool. Because nice I, I do stuff like this with my piano and play. So, Okay, so that's enough of OK Computer overall. But is it, is it enough? I mean, I could do it again. Um, we could do it again, but we're not because our next one is going to be Kid A, and we're probably going to combine Kid A and Amnesiac. We'll see. Um, final thoughts, Jake. Love it. Amazing album. Timeless. Amazing album. Great. For sure. Yeah. Best song on the album would be yeah. for you. Yeah. Yes. No more on this or not. Please put more marker on it. Um, oh, well, it looks like I like that dot. No, no Paranoid Android not was not my favorite, that, but um, what's that dot. fun song that. That's Electioneering. Even, yeah. That's not even a dot, it's just a nail. Oh, that is a nail. That's yeah. A, that's... Um, they might play some of those songs live. You should check out the video for Paranoid Android. Okay, thank you so much, listeners, for listening, and we will be back hopefully soon to review Kid A. All right. Goodbye. Bye.